When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 345th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons came to New York and had two joint practices with the Jets, but went down tonight in defeat 24-16 on Monday Night Football at MetLife Stadium. The Falcons jumped out to a 16-0 lead, then led 16-3 at the half before the Jets stormed back. The Jets' reserves stormed back against the Falcons' reserves and pulled out the victory 24-16 here at MetLife Field. Now, the Falcons uh, did not play artistically great game. They had 13 penalties for 121 yards. Coach Arthur Smith said, you know, shooting yourselves in the foot at the one-yard line is not in the plans. Falcons killed a bunch of drives today, turned touchdown drives into field goals, and that was costly at the end of the day. Let's hear from Coach Arthur Smith on the 13 penalties for 121 yards. Yeah, obviously. You know, I got I to gotta look at the tape, especially on some of the – in between uh, penalties, uh, the ones that really drive me nuts are, are any of the procedure stuff. Um, that's the stuff, and then we got to look at the tape, make sure you know we got to play with good fundamentals and technique, um, and just see. You know, I got to look and, and see what happened to Ade on that one on that third down. Uh, so stuff to coach off of, uh, see what we can do better. All right, the uh, Falcons. Uh, you know, the first team came out and uh, drove down the field, touchdown. Field goal, um, and then I had a backed-up drive. But then when Desmond Ritter got in the game, uh, he drove down the field, kept trying to overcome the penalties, kept trying to overcome them. Jalen Mayfield, uh, uh, Rick Leonard, uh, you know, they just kept making mistakes, shooting themselves in the foot. Had to settle for two field goals there, which, uh, you know, they were up 10. They could have went up 17, could have went up 20. Uh, four to nothing, but I had to settle for 16 to nothing. So um, Arthur Smith discussed how these penalties uh, slowed down the touchdown drives. Uh, they're, they're critical, and a lot, of, a lot of lessons learned, and I got high expectations for Desmond. So we're going to be hard on Desmond and um, because he can, because he's a good player and he, and he can take that kind of coaching, and he understands that you know, we're not waiting on him as a rookie. Like we're trying to speed him up. So he made some good throws. There's some things he's got to clean up, uh, especially in the operation. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, but Marcus Mariota came out. He was on fire. And we're going to go look at the quarterback stats here, uh, you know, to, to give us a summary. Felipe Franks played today, his first action in the exhibition season. But we uh, checked with Coach Smith on the play of Marcus Mariota. Uh, pleased with Marcus. It looked like he got in a good rhythm. Uh, we tried to simulate it. You know, the only drive that I thought, uh, you know, wasn't very good was the uh, the one we tried to simulate a two-minute situation, and 
kind of backed up and uh, wasn't real clean there. But other than that, I thought he it was really clean when he was in there. Got, got into the offense, got into a rhythm. I thought he made a big-time throw to OZ. I thought it was a good route, good throw. Now, the Falcons got an interception from Tez Tabor late and had a chance to go in and uh, at least maybe tie the game. Stalled on the five-yard line. Uh, we wanted to know from Coach, uh, after that interception, what was he trying to come up with? Yeah, if it's a real game, my mindset's different. I was trying to hammer as many runs as I could. So, uh, to get a good evaluation on the backs. Yeah, that was uh, at the end. They came up with four interceptions. Uh, uh, four incompletions, I'm sorry, uh, at the end of the game. They're on the five. Uh, he throws to Geronimo Allison, misses, throws to Stanley Berryhill twice, misses both of those. And then on the fourth down try, he overthrows, and we're talking about Felipe Franks, he overthrows Anthony Fersker. Now, uh, let's go over the quarterback stats here. Desmond Ritter was 10-13 for 143. I uh, had the uh, long gainer. Oh, no, this is Ritter. Yeah, 34, and his uh, rating was 112. Desmond Ritter, 10 of 13, 143, 11-yard average, 34-yard long gainer, and 112 passer rating. Marcus Mariota, who started with 6 of 10 for 132, 13.2 average, and the touchdown throw to Alamade Zacchaeus. And the 52-yard throw to Kyle Pitts. So he had a quarterback rating of 137.5. Felipe Franks was 2 of 6, 8 yards, 1.3 average, 11-yard long gainer, sacked twice, uh, and a uh, finished with a 42.5 rating. For, for the game. That's uh, Felipe Franks. Now, the Jets didn't play their uh, starters here. So, uh, Zach Wilson was out, of course. He was injured. Uh, Joe Flacco is the number two quarterback. He didn't play. And the Falcons did a good job against Mike White, their number three. He uh, was 12 of 17 for 90, 27-yard uh, long, and an 83 passer rating. Now, Chris Streveler came in. And Chris, uh, he played at Minnesota and South Dakota State. A little action in the NFL with the Cardinals. He came in and was completed 8 of 11 for 119 yards. Uh, one uh, touchdown and one interception. He finished with a 100.2 passer rating. Now let's get on to Desmond Ritter. Desmond, you know, the third-round pick from Cincinnati. Uh, you know, we um, – he came in, he moved the ball, but, you know, the, um, they shot themselves in the foot with the penalties and so forth. So I uh, wanted to know from Desmond, how did he keep, you know, his mind together to try to keep rallying the offense after setback after setback? That's just how it is in the game of football. Um, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have negative plays that happen. Um, but, you know, the, the most important play is the next play. Um, so just being able to being able to go on to the next play, um, and you know that's what I'm talking about when I was talking about earlier about you know you guys might might have seemed to look good out there or whatever, but you know some of the play calls I got didn't come in um, on my end. You know getting it out to the O line as well as I wanted to, to. so uh, just you know a few mishaps in there, but you know getting those cleaned up should be good. Yep, yeah, and uh, Desmond also what was impressive certainly in that first drive of his is that 
you know, the penalties weren't impressive, but the, the impressive part was he was able to connect with five different receivers as they were trying to move it down the field, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, he started out, uh, you know, with Bernie, Bernie, uh, you know, our, our lacrosse guy, the <laughs> Jared Bernhardt, and they call him Bernie, but it's really Jared, uh, you know, hitting, hitting him and uh, moving the ball down the field. So we uh, discussed with Desmond about spreading the ball around. Exactly, just taking what they give me, um, you know, not doing too much, not, you know, just doing what I'm asked. So, uh, you know, our O-line did a great job of giving me time to, you know, have a pocket and be able to deliver a ball. Um, so shout out to all the guys on the O-line out there um, because, you know, they gave me plenty of time. Yeah, and uh, that was one of the things they wanted to see against the Jets. The Jets have a, a pretty deep defensive front. We didn't get to see their two best guys, though, Carl Lawson and Quinnen Williams. But they still got after it pretty good. And you saw uh, backups uh, like Bradley Anai get the ball off of Felipe Franks and take it in for a touchdown to give them a little cushion. They had a 17-6 lead, and that kind of gave them an eight-point lead there with that script, uh, sack, fumble recovery, 31-yard touchdown run. So uh, Felipe came in. He had been working out a tight end most of camp, got a little action in practice last week, and then more action up here against the Jets. So he came in today with 7.26 left in the third quarter. And uh, we just wanted to know how a little bit about, you know, playing quarterback from him today. Uh, it was good. It was fun. Um, obviously, I think my starting with myself, we got to execute a little bit better there at the end of the game. And just situational awareness and, and, and obviously punching the ball in when we get down to the goal line. Um, you want to score points when you get down there. But um, overall, it was, it was fun. All right. Uh, Felipe Franks uh, had an opportunity there. Uh, to, to, you know, tie the game up or at least score the touchdown, then, you know, they needed they would have needed a two-point conversion to tie everything up. But, uh, you know, they were in the red zone, and when you get down there, you want to push that thing across the goal line. They weren't able to do that. But, you know, the turnover was big. He, he, he um, was the – you know, he turned it over on the sack strip, and the Falcons' defense did a good job of getting him the ball back. So what did he think at the time of the turnover when they got the ball back off of the Jets? Yeah, um, couple, couple, yeah, yeah, a couple RPO plays, um, and I think it's just it's just communication. Um, like I said, start with myself and across the board, uh, working on the same page with a couple, couple, couple plays. Um, but like I said, it starts with starts with me getting on this, getting everybody on the same page and. You know, and, and, and just punching it in, really, you know, no, no really big explanation, just get the ball in the end zone. All right, now, um, you know, they'll come back, the Falcons are headed back, then they'll practice against Jacksonville on Wednesday and Thursday, take Friday off, and then uh, close out the exhibition season on Saturday, and Felipe Franks will probably get a lot of action in that game. Uh, that'll be the last uh, exhibition game before they get ready for the regular season opener. Here's what he had to say about getting ready for that Saturday matchup with the Jaguars. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know, hitting somebody again, um, getting out there playing football. I mean, I love the game. So anytime I step on the field, man, I'm having fun. I'm really just trying to do my job and, and help out any way I can. Well, no question about it. Uh, Felipe's been one of the interesting stories 
of training camp here as, uh, you know, he spent a lot of time over there with the tight ends and so forth. And, uh, you know, they wanted to see if he could help the team out in that way. Uh, before we uh, move on, I want to look at the running stats. They um, rushing the Falcons ran the ball 28 times for 115 yards. Uh, your leading uh, carrier was Franks with five carries for 45 yards. Caleb Huntley had 11 for 34. Uh, next uh, was Tyler Algier had six carries for 17 yards. One, he tried to bounce outside, just didn't have speed to take the corner there. Quadri Olison had four carries for 14 yards. And Damian Williams had two for five. Now, Corderell Patterson, who's expected to be the top back, has not touched the ball in the exhibition season. Saw him line up in the slot once a day when Damian was in there. Uh, so that's by design. They're not trying to waste him on the exhibition season. Now, you know, there was a lot of balls thrown today. 18 catches for 283 uh, yards. Uh, the longer course was Kyle Pitts. And uh, there were 28 targets, 18 receptions. You had a couple people with three catches. Jarrett Barnhart with uh, three for 67. Uh, Tyler Algier had three catches for 12. Anthony Fersker, two for 56. Damian Bird, two for 32. McCole Pruitt, two for 29. Kyle Pitts, one for 52. Corderell Hodge, one for 13. Alameda Zacchaeus, one for 13. Brian Edwards, one for 12. Cameron Batson, one for zero. He got jacked up by um, one of the Jets D-backs when German Fetty missed his block on the screen there. Quadri Allison had one catch for minus three yards. So altogether, 18 for 256 for the Falcons. And we'll come back and look um at the defensive stats after we go to the break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and, uh, you know, they got the ball to Kyle Pitts today. We wanted to see that in the exhibition season. That's uh, going to be a big part of the offense. Kyle Pitts and Corderell Patterson, uh, Coach uh, Smith as the offensive play callers, keeping that under wraps for the most part. But we did see a deep ball go out to Kyle Pitts today. And we wanted to know from Kyle, how did it feel getting that catch uh, today, the 52-yard catch? It felt pretty good to start the game fast. Just got to fix the minor details for next week. 
And uh, we wanted also wanted to know about how scoring for the offense, if that bowl will, for what they're going to be doing this season. I do think just scoring, that's definitely the number one thing. Just taking each drive, trying to score, convert on third down, and keep the ball moving. Now, um, the Falcons' first team offense has played four series. They've scored three times. Uh, you know, one time they didn't score was the backed-up drive here where they uh, came out and tried to simulate a two-minute drive, and that didn't go so well. Uh, Mariota missed Alameda Zacchaeus on the slant on third down. That was the only drive the first offense has not scored in the exhibition action. So they're probably done for the exhibition season. I don't see them playing next week. Uh, a lot of teams are, are, you know, not playing guys. Coach Smith wanted to get his guys a little action after, you know, starting the season slow last year. So uh, he said he's going to play them, but we'll see if they're going to uh, get any action uh, against the Jaguars next Saturday. Now, he, he started most of the first string defense today, but Grady Jarrett did not play. Uh, Jalen Dalton took his place in the starting lineup, but the rest of the guys uh, did play. So Kyle Pitts is, um, you know, we ask him, what are the goals this week with Jacksonville coming to town? The same as every week, just go out there competing. Uh, just, you know, winning, winning the week and then winning the game. All right, that's what Kyle Pitts had to say. Now let's look at the defense and some of their stats here. And uh, uh, we might, we'll flip over to some of the team stats. We can go through these pretty quick because it's a lot of people with one and two tackles. So we'll just do the five, six tackle person. Dean Marlowe, he had six tackles. Uh, Nate Landman had four. Uh, linebacker Dorian Etheridge had three. Then you got a bunch of guys with two and one tackle. Uh, so um, no sacks. No sacks for the Falcons and the one interception from Tess Tibor. So those were uh, the defensive stats. Want to look at the team stats because, uh, you know, um, one of the big things was, was uh, third downs. They were three of 12, not very good. Uh, on third downs, and the the Jets were three of nine, so that the defense will take that. They got off the field on third downs. Uh, they mostly stymieing uh, Mike White, the the number three quarterback for the Jets. The Falcons did amass 380 total net yards, uh, average 6.4 yards uh, a play, 115 net rushing, 4.1 a carry. Uh, those are all pretty good stats. All together, 18 of 29 for 62%. And uh, yards per pass was 8.5. Those are all pretty good numbers for, for your team stats there. Uh, Punt-wise, they had uh, four punts for 170, a net of 40.5, a gross of 42.5, and uh, the Jets, uh, 40 uh, 1.4 on their five punts, 48.6 gross. Now, time of possession was in the Falcons' favor, uh, 31 and 19 minutes to 28 and 41. They outgained the Jets 380 to 279, and the turnovers were 1-1. 1-1 for the turnovers here. So one of the big plays today was uh, Lamade Zacchaeus getting open for his 13-yard touchdown uh, catch. Good route broke in. The ball was right on the money. 
So we wanted to know from Alama Day, uh, you know, getting how was it to get the offense going so early? Like I said, it's, it's encouraging. You know, we have things that we still have to clean up, tighten up. But, um, you know, obviously, whenever we put points on the board, it's uh, it's a good thing. So, um, but, you know, we want to score touchdowns. We want to score touchdowns. Yeah, because the first drive, you know, they, they, Kyle Pitts got the 52-yard gain, but then they had to settle for the field goal. And then uh, the next drive, they came back and pushed it on across the goal line for the score to take the 10-0 lead. Uh, but Alama Day, we wanted to know what his vantage point was on the the Kyle Pitts long gainer. It's Kyle being Kyle. Kyle being Kyle. Marcus, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a team effort, you know, O-line protecting, everybody else running their routes, you know, doing their job, and then Marcus throwing a good ball, and then, you know, Kyle just being Kyle. It's Kyle just being Kyle. Uh, no question about it. It's uh, So the Falcons are now 1-1 one one in the exhibition season. Had a victory over Detroit. They'll close out against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's coming up here uh, for practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Gabe Burns will be coming out to practice with me, uh, trying to effort a couple stories on Trevor Lawrence and uh, Trayvon Walker. I also want to talk to Fourier Ulakan, former Falcon uh, linebacker who signed with the Jags in free agency. So, uh, quick turnaround this week. Got to get back, get going, uh, get to practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday will be an off day. And then Saturday, you got a 3 o'clock game at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Then we'll kind of wrap up the offseason. They got to cut. Um, yeah, two big cuts coming down. They got to cut from 85 to 80 by 4 p.m. on Tuesday. And then you have the, the um, cut down to 53. Uh, after the Jacksonville game, and then you got the addition of 16 players to the practice squad. And, you know, we'll be analyzing the roster here. You know, we don't like to do that, projecting a 53-man roster before they start playing football. Now we've got eight quarters of football in. We've seen some guys make some plays. We've seen uh, uh, Jared Bernhardt make a good account of himself catching the ball, former la- lacrosse player. I think he's got to be on the bubble now for a roster spot. If you expose him, do you lose him uh, if you try to get him back to your practice squad? So those are going to be some issues uh, facing the Falcons. Uh, D. Alford made another big hit today on third down to help the defense get off the field. Uh, didn't see Isaiah Oliver in the stats or on the field. He looked like he was relaxing. He said he wanted to get some action before the season starts. So we'll see. Uh, where that goes. So it was a, you know, Falcons have been up here for five days. Coach Smith said that um, the joint practices were very productive for the Falcons. And, you know, we felt the offensive line held their own and uh, allowed the quarterbacks to pass the ball around uh, from the pocket. Not so much scrambling today. Uh, Franks did run, but the other two quarterbacks did not. So, I mean, they're, there are some some positives to come out of this 24-16 loss to the Jets, and, and they're building. They're building uh, towards the September 11th opening against the New Orleans Saints at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, you know, I think they'll take the first half. He didn't. He actually apologized for the second half uh, with all the penalties and so forth throughout. wasn't a clean game, but the coaches like that. that that's things that they can – 
uh, build off of and teach off of. You know, they're going to look at the film, and I'm sure tomorrow the film session is not going to be great with the players, especially uh, players named Jalen Mayfield and Rick Leonard, who um, were repeat violators of in certain situations that kept the Falcons uh, stuck in neutral and not moving forward. So uh, that's where we are here, heading into the final uh, exhibition game. We're going to get on out of here from East Rutherford, New Jersey, where the Falcons went down 24-16 to the New York Jets and are now 1-1 in the exhibition season. So take care and have a great rest of your week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.